Hey everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast. This week brought to you by RotoQL. I'm your host, well, I guess Dan said it, not as always, Eric Bertzloff, <laughs> better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades, joined by my two faithful companions on week one of the NFL season. There's still games happening right now, guys. Nathan and Dan, what's up? There are games happening, but we're here because we love all of you. We are sacrificing our football watching to feed you the content that you desire. Yeah, we're, we're, we're de- dedicated to the content, and also you guys give us money. So that, mostly the money, but also the dedication as well. Nathan's a sellout, basically, is what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it is. I'll, okay, for Nathan, it's the money. For me, it's not. No, it is not the money. That is not enough. I'm here for the folks. I'm okay. here. I'm here for Let's the listeners, baby. I'm here for the <laughs> listeners. I'm here for the love of football, baby. Week one is here. Oh man, it was awesome. I watched ten and a half hours of football yesterday and didn't even feel a little guilty about it. It was sweet. Made my daughter watch it. We didn't watch one second of beat bugs. Not happening today, boys. <laughs> Not happening. Uh, all right. Well, today we're obviously going to talk about week one, um, but we're going to do it from a dynasty lens. Every other podcast is out there talking about. Week one, we are talking about it from a dynasty lens and more specifically from a dynasty trades lens. So uh, there has been some shakeups, some interesting things have happened, some things that we did not expect. Um, but us being the seasoned veterans that we are, we knew to expect the unexpected. Wow. Right, Dan? That's, that was beautiful. That gave, me, that, that gave me goosebumps. I know it did. It did. Uh, man, I'm so pumped. I don't know what to say. It's been like two weeks since the show. Week, week one, I'm, I'm ecstatic. Um, okay, well, before we get into the show, and, and like I said, we'll just kind of run down uh, Dynasty discussions across the board, kind of a grab bag approach. Um, but before we get into the show, I do want to uh, throw out a quick reminder and let you know that you can support the Rotoviz Radio Network and all of our 10 shows per week on Patreon. Uh, by doing so, you gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Live, our weekly Sunday morning video show answering all your fantasy football questions having this sunday you can catch it next sunday if you do so uh patronships start at just five dollars per month and provide exclusive access to the road of his live show uh that's four shows per month on top of 40 podcasts for just five bucks Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, um, and you can do your part to help support the network and help us grow and, and, and apparently help Nathan uh, grow wealthy over there because he's getting a bigger <laughs> cut than the rest of us. Um, and also continue to help us produce high-quality industry-leading programming. Well, speaking of exclusive, since most of that stuff was exclusive, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get 30% off a Rotoviz NFL Pass right now. It's available through the NFL Podcast homepage. That's rotoviz.com forward slash, forward slash, not back to forward slash. It's, just, it's a forward slash podcast. The season is here, so make sure you're ready. Ready for next week, ready for week two and week three. Um, so you need to gain unlimited access to all your NFL content and tools with this pass. So you get amazing value and support the podcast network. Once again, that's rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Yep. And with that, dude, I'm so pumped about talking about actual things happening in football instead of just, talk, just, just pontificating about things that might happen in football this upcoming year. Things have happened in football already. Or things that happened in games that don't matter. Well, that's true. Um, such as uh, such as the Ravens just smacking down, just just <laughs> annihilating. But everybody saw that, right? Like Joe Flacco just bombing forty. 
Yeah, it was it was good to see the Ravens hit the over by themselves. By themselves. It's 100% <laughs> true. Okay, well, let's go ahead and dive into the content here. Um, let's just rip the Band-Aid right off. And uh, Le'Veon Bell held out for camp, uh, did not start for the Steelers in week one, uh, left a door swinging for James Conner, and James Conner, like Kool-Aid man, through the door, like, oh, yeah, it's happening, <laughs> and just dumped points on them. Just looked incredible. Looked every bit of Levy. Well, not every bit of Levy on Bell, but looked real good. Um, there's a lot of Twitter hullabaloo about James Conner, obviously. A lot of question marks about should I give a first and a second for Conner? What am I doing with Conner? What are the Steelers doing? So with that, Nathan, what's happening here? I am going to be selling James, James Conner if I have any right now. I don't think I do, but uh, th- this could very easily come tumbling down, at least from a short-term perspective, if Bell decides to show up. Um, some may say, oh, he's not going to show up to week 10, yada, yada, yada. But I think it's more likely than not he shows up the next couple weeks. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but anyways, I, I, I think that if you're thinking, oh, this means that James Conner is the long-term back in Pittsburgh once Bell leaves after the season, I think that is more of a foregone conclusion than him not showing up this year. Um, I, I don't think that that's any sort of a guarantee. I think that at the very least Pittsburgh would invest, you know, a second, third round pick and a, you know, a tandem back. So I don't see a team trusting Connor with the RB one role long-term. Not that really, there's not really many long-term RB ones in the NFL, but I don't think Connor's one of them either. Man, it's tough to, uh, I guess I'll hop in and just say it. it's tough to, it's, 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 I think it's obvious that Connor is going to be the guy after, after this year. Um, but I think we all, the, the savvy owners, I think kind of knew that happening already. I mean, did we see, and I think we've talked about it on this show. I'm not sure that we saw Le'Veon as a long-term option for the Steelers, especially after this holdout. I think the Steelers are going to have a nasty taste in their mouth. So Connor's one of those guys that buying, if you liked what you saw, even if, even if Bell were to come back tomorrow and start week three, um, even in that situation, he still has long-term dynasty value. Cause I think he, they saw enough to like what to, to like him, uh, to, to see him as the bell cow moving forward and to pick up somebody in like the fourth round next year to, to back him up. Um, so I mean, I like the con, I like Connor. I'm not sure what the valuation is though. And this is, this is the most fun part is because during the season, the valuations fluctuate so much, which his value right now is we're seeing it is probably like a first and a second. Um, I'm not unsure though, that I wouldn't give a first for Connor right now. Uh, but maybe that's just overreaction, but I think he's one of those guys that if you wait too long, the window slam shut on you and then you miss out completely. And suddenly he's three. For, it's like Kareem hunt week one. Okay. A first for Kareem hunt. That's great. Week two. Okay. Two first. And then week three, it was over. You're giving three first and then you were overpaying. Yeah. And a lot of times when you get like these kind of Cinderella story, it's not really a Cinderella story because James Connor was, was an established and, yeah. and well-known uh, college running back. But then, the whole cancer thing and and it's so awesome to see him back and doing this but a lot of times when you have these cinderella stories so much of the value is put into the story and normally i would say well remove the story and then talk to me about value this is one of those where you don't have to do that i think the story is just one of the cool things you can add on top i think i think james connor is the heir apparent to Le'Veon bell let's assume that Le'Veon bell comes back at some point uh i'm not sure that he does come back soon though because He's still he, he's risking a lot of money by coming back and potentially getting injured. Um, there's no, you know, that, I mean, the, the the tag is is it fully guaranteed? Is it partially guaranteed? I don't know how franchise tags work. It's I believe it, it's, it's also, fully guaranteed. Yeah, fully guaranteed. But they can rescind the tag at any point, so they could sure. decide today. Say, well, they can't. 
Yeah, they, yeah, they can. They can, can rescind, rescind the tag at any point. Yeah, they can. They can pull it if he if he doesn't sign it. They can rescind it before he signs it. So they mm-hmm. could they could say tomorrow, okay, we don't want you, Bell. Um, Connor looked real good, but then he's a free agent and can go anywhere he wants and get right. anywhere he really wants. And the and the the setback to that was they wanted the third round pick compensation for Bell, which is why they were kind of hoping to hang on because it's inevitable that he's gone. I don't think anyone with in their right mind is like, oh no, Le'Veon's definitely a stealer for the future. He's gone. Yeah, 100%. Um, if, if, you know, the last two years should be very, very telling in that. Um, but I don't know that he's willing to sacrifice potentially $40 million guaranteed contract to, you know, uh, for 10. I think he's a smart business guy when you look at it from the business perspective, because obviously he's seeing all of these other running backs getting their, their big contracts or big guaranteed money. And yet he's still here without one a, because the Steelers don't really want to deal with his crap and, B, they knew they had James Conner. Um, so, I, you know, maybe week four or week five, if Bell still isn't there and Conner's still playing, even if he's just playing okay, you know, everybody has peaks and valleys, but even if he's even if he's just playing okay and Bell still hasn't signed or still hasn't shown up or anything, I mean, is it out of question to think that they rescind it and just say, you know what, it's a third-round pick, James Conner panned out, I think we're going to be all right. Yeah, I mean, although talk about a dream scenario now from their standpoint, if they do, I mean, I don't think they ever send it. I think that, but I, but I also think you're right. I think Le'Veon's made his bed at this point. If he comes back, what were you doing it for, man? You just got shown up and you, you're now splitting carries with Connor probably when you no, come back. Wrong. You don't think so? I think, I think that no, they would- there is a 0% chance Le'Veon Bell is splitting carries in a contract year with, with James Connor. They're just going to run him into the ground as soon as he shows up. Yeah, um, sure. that's a valid point, actually, because that they're going to be like, you know what? Good luck. Hope you get injured is what they're going to do. Yeah. The one thing I will say about Connor is that yesterday was the first time I think he's played good football since he had cancer. He was not good as last year at Pittsburgh. He was very bad last year in his rookie year in Pittsburgh. So uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, I didn't notice that until I just said it out loud. But um, yeah, James Connor, he's shown, okay, he has, I don't know, recovered from cancer or whatever, but he has well, returned. Okay, that's, yeah, that's not a recovery, but yeah, that's fine. He's, yeah, he's he, currently. He, taking- he, has, he has played good football for the first time since before he had cancer, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think that's fair. So let me ask the, the room here from a dynasty value question, because I think people are going to fall on both sides of the fence on our listener side of things is valuation wise. What are we giving for Connor? What are we selling for Connor? And on that same idea, what are we doing with Bell right now? Are we trying to buy him on the cheap? I don't, I don't think you can get Bell on the cheap from anyone really right now, unless they were, you know, scared of other things other than just the, the holdout. Uh, Connor, I guess I'd buy for a late first. Uh, I'd sell for a mid first, that type of thing. I don't think I'm selling for anything less than a first plus, um, just because the the production is going to be there. And in this game, we are playing for future as well. So knowing knowing that Connor is at the very least established himself as even a piece of the committee, assuming yeah. that some for some reason Pittsburgh goes out and wants to add another body, even though they've kind of proven to not be that type of of team. Um, I, I think going out and buying, I give you know any non three, non top three first for um, for Connor, and I'm kind of just not really interested in buying Le'Veon, even if I can get him at a, at a discount. 
Uh, well, there's got to be a point where, like, if suddenly you're at a late first valuation, I mean, and that's we're talking. He's never going to get there, though. And so, I well, mean, speaking, you say that, but what if he holds out? What if what if it's week seven and he's still holding out? And people are he's still not going to go for that though because he's an elite. He's an elite running back. I mean, guys aren't going to just bail unless you're get, they're getting something of value in return. More likely a player than than a pick or picks. Um, and I just you know thinking. Thinking in those terms, I don't think there's ever going to be a point where I'm going to be okay buying him. Um, you know, he's got the injuries. He's got the, you know, fairly troubled past. Seems like he might be kind of a D-bag. Um, yep. Now this. So what's no, the totally. He doesn't do it again. You know what I mean? So, no, I mean, this is this is the issue. And I, I think I'm on board with you, Dan, more than I am with Nathan. I think that this is I – w- I would need first plus to sell him. Um, but buying him for – again, this is – if he does it again next week, this is we're, we're going to have Kareem Hunt 2.0 here. People are going to start freaking out, and the, the price is just going to keep going up. So I think it was Jeff Miller who listed him as one of his guys that he's overpaying for right now to try to uh, to try to buy, and, and I'm not sure I disagree with that. So um, I think I'm on the side of the fence where giving a first is fine, giving a first plus is questionable, probably at market value. But if I can get him for a first, I'm probably going to do it. Um, because there's very little, there's very little risk in that. If he's good next year, and and Bell takes his job this year, then whatever, that's great, still worth it. Um, okay, let's go ahead and move on because that's enough on the main topic here. Um, and let's talk about uh, talk about the Seattle Seahawks, who looked um, not so great, uh, but but a new name has appeared, and that's Disley, uh, Will Disley, the tight end, uh, first year tight end, uh, went up for over 100 yards. Three, I think he was three catches, 105, and a TD, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't have the sheet in front of me. And then uh, and then also talking about that game, we also had Doug Baldwin um, basically come up and shred his other knee um, and go out of the game. So uh, what are we making of this particular offense? Are we are, are we believers in Dilsley or are we questionable? There's Disley. I don't know how to say his last name. Will Disley. So. Disley. Yeah, okay, Disley. there it is. I'll throw to you, Dan, since you know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> well, I, I don't know that I'm necessarily a believer in Seattle. I'm a believer in Russell Wilson. Yeah, uh, I think even still made it happen him, this week, by the way. Right, and and that's just that's the player he is. You know, I, I'm I'm a believer there. I think no matter who he's got around him, I think he's going to make it work. I think they're smart enough to keep Tyler Lockett in the slot. I think they're smart enough to keep Disley out there and doing whatever it is that he's doing. Um, kind Disleying of Disleying around is what he's doing. He's just he's <laughs> yeah, classic Disley. Um, Nathan mentioned pre-show that he was a fourth-round pick. So, I mean, there's something tied to him. There's a moderate amount of value. Obviously, that's not the draft capital that we always talk about, you know, the first, second, even third round. Um, but still, a fourth round is something. Teams teams pay, you know, pay for those. They, they go out and get those guys, and a lot of teams have a lot of players that, that are from the fourth round and play a good amount. And Disley, I think, is going to be one of those guys. Um, <clears throat> nothing really, like, pops off the screen. He's not any crazy athlete. Um, he's... Pretty good size. He's like six four, six five, two sixty. So, as from a t- tight end perspective, you know he's he's got the build, he's got the body for it. Um, and yesterday, I think he showed that he can do a lot more than just block. So, um, I think, I think on just like a flyer perspective, and maybe this is just like a one week wonder, but I think he's probably going to be. I think he's going to be in there for a little while. Um, they don't really have much else. I mean, I remember a Nick Vanette conversation on this podcast not three weeks ago where we were arguing for Nick Vanette. Now, who? Who's that guy? Well, I think I think he still played a little bit though, didn't he? he? Had, Wasn't Vanette? He, yeah, there? he got targeted twice and one for eleven for Vanette. I'd like to see his snap counts. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to dig some of those up. 
All right, very good. Well, I mean, regardless, both of them are on the field. I mean, it wasn't like a high volume day for Disley. He was three receptions on five right. targets. I mean, it was good. It was as good as anybody else. But that I don't see them him being the release valve for Wilson. But uh, what are your thoughts there, Nathan? I think that the Doug Baldwin injury, and it's not really concrete of how long that's going to be. But I've seen right. some people say two to four weeks, four to six weeks. Right. Uh, but. In any regard, the Seattle receiving core has an opening in terms of targets. I'm not saying this is going to get the same targets that Baldwin had, but I do think that, you know, there's options in that passing game now that, you know, I I don't really trust Lock, Lockett or any of those other guys to be, you know, high-volume targets. So the fact that, you know, a, a fourth-round rookie guy makes that splash early on, that kind of catapults you to getting more targets early on than you probably would have if you didn't have that game. So, uh, I'm not saying go out and start Will Disley in, in week two, but I would say go out and find him on your waiver wire in most leagues. What are you recommending if you have a fab budget? What, if you were going out, let's just call it a regular league, not tight end premium, what percentage of your budget would you be putting in on Disley? I'm, I'm the worst at this, but I mean, I would say like, 10 to 15%. Okay. I, I would, I don't think I would, I don't think I would go over 10% personally on it. Um, I think I would, on a hundred dollar budget, I think I'd be at 10 bucks. And if he goes somewhere else, it's not going to break my heart. Uh, Cause I think that's good. I think that, that wide receiving core to me strikes me as it's going to be everywhere. All, like all the time, it's going to be Disley one week. It's going to be Lockett one week. It's going to be Marshall one week. It's going to be Vanette one week. It's going to be just uh, Doug Baldwin's going to come back. It's going to be Baldwin one week. So I, it's going to be the Russell Wilson show. I agree with that, Dan, but I don't think I'm, advocating going for any pass catchers in that particular offense, or at least yet until one shows their way to it. Um, uh, let's go ahead and move on here. Um, talking about uh, dinosaurs and people that we explicitly told you not to purchase on this particular podcast. I believe we all three were in unison. Um, of course he spites us and just explodes. And that's Adrian Peterson, um, the goat himself, the hall of famer and, uh, and Chris Thompson, both showing excessive value. I don't think Chris Thompson's a surprise here. Um, and I don't think the volume for Peterson is a surprise. Was how he looked a surprise to you guys? I, I don't think I was in unison. I don't. I, I don't think I said don't get him. I said. I said I think he'll have some usable weeks, um, which isn't really saying oh go buy him. But at the same time, I he was going to get touches. This is a, a Gruden led team. Um, you can lump them together because they both have stupid love for weird players. Um, it's just. Yeah, I think the writing was on the wall, honestly. Uh, if they had any sort of script whatsoever, and that's what's going to be what holds back Peterson for this season, I think he's, a again, it's a season-by-season season thing. I don't see how he keeps playing. Yes, he was a freak at one point, but obviously he's slowed down. Um, he's going to need game script to work in his favor. Otherwise, this is just going to be Chris Thompson because, I mean, he's a wide receiver as is who can run the ball as well. I think... Um, I think he's on three straight seasons with like something around 40 catches. And last year he only played 10 games. Uh, he was on pace for a massive year. So yep. I, yeah. Oh, yeah, he was, he was, he was studly. I think he was, he was close to the RB one overall before he went down. He was up there for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, Chris Thompson, I, I think is still a good dynasty by uh, Adrian Peterson as a contender for little to no cost would have been a great pickup. Um at this point, I don't know that you're really going to be able to get him from anyone that did pick him up unless it was a rebuilder that was able to snatch him off waivers and is now looking to sell for anything. But we're still not of the mindset. Do not go out. I mean, or maybe this will just be me saying this, but do not go out and spend a first on Adrian. No, Peterson dear God. No. Like, even if you're contending, just don't. 
It's not going to last forever. Uh, Thompson is going to eat into his load. And not to mention that this was the game script that was amazing for Peterson is like, this was the one where they were just annihilating the Cardinals the entire game. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the one thing you do from this game is try and use this as a buying opportunity for Chris Thompson. People say, oh, well, Peterson's going to get the carries. But the real thing this game showed is that Thompson has recovered from that injury that ended his season last year, and he's going to be involved in the passing game, or, you know, he's going to be the feature in the passing game out of the backfield. And Alex Smith has always, you know, used that running back out of the backfield heavily throughout his career. Granted, he's had some pretty good ones with Jamal Charles and Cream Hunt, et cetera. But uh, essentially my, my takeaway here is that Sure, I mean, if you want to go out and, you know, take – Peterson's no longer free, so you can't really go out and buy him for free. If you want to sell him for, like, a second-round rookie pick, I think that's a fine thing to do. Uh, but Thompson is the real guy to target here because people will see, oh, he didn't get the carries. Peterson did. It might, you know, be worried about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, this might be the time if I'm a Peterson owner and I manage to just grab him kind of out of spite as not a contender team or as a rebuild team or if your team you went to go set that week one lineup like i did in kitchen cinco and realized holy god this is a bad team i need to stop um if you have peterson on that team then definitely try to get a first for him and if you, if you can get a second that's great but i think holding out for a first is probably Wait, what i would do what holding out for a first for adrian peterson i would i would think as as if Eric, he puts Eric, another Eric, Eric, i promise you you will never get it a, a first for the problem the problem with selling it a second though is you're not really gaining any true value back if you're a contender you, you can't you can't just bail on it for those points because there are still going to be points you're going to have to kind of pick and choose where you play him uh, obviously no one can really anticipate real game scripts but i think yesterday was one of those where it was like well they're probably going to run him quite a bit so well, i i don't know you know, let me respond to Nathan here, and and this is I know I like playing in a lot of industry leagues. I know that that's that's crazy, but there's a, he's still got a lot of name recognition, and he looked real good last week. I'm telling you that people will it, like your average Joe leagues. The name still pops off the page, and you might be able to pull that off. So I don't know. Maybe if if, if, if me, you do if, if you, you do add us add us if, yes. if you sell Pearson for a first. yeah at me if you sell for a first. No, I just want to prove him wrong. Okay, uh, so that offense actually looked fantastic. Um, also, RIP Josh Josh Doxson. Can we talk about that for a second? That's oof, not great. Um, on to the on to the next game though, uh, and that is the hometown boy himself from my hometown, Denver, Colorado. Uh, Philip Lindsay, who everybody definitely had on their team, right? Do we all have <laughs> Philip Lindsay on our radar? Like that's as dynasty guys, we were for sure deep diving into that one. Um, wow out of nowhere splits carries with Royce Freeman and is equally productive. Both get 15 carries, both get 71 yards. Both look pretty good. Um, what happened here? I think they needed to spell Royce. I think he was maybe tired. I don't know. He's I mean, I'm dude. mostly saying what happened in the, the dynasty community. I mean, oh, unless I'm um, missing this, the dynasty community just whiffed on this completely, right? Well, every, everyone still thinks that Devonte Booker is for some reason good and he's thoroughly atrocious. Uh, but they all held on for that. And then the other thought was that Royce Freeman was going to dominate touches and worst case scenario was going to be Devonte Booker getting, um, the rest of what was left. And I don't think anyone really had Lindsay on their radar. The ones that did, um, probably mostly Royce Freeman owners as a backup potential, you know, go grab him as a stash. Um, or maybe you still had some talent believers because he had a pretty good college profile. Uh, he was, you know, again, like you said, hometown boy out of Colorado. Yep. His last two seasons, he had over 1,200 yards and combined 30 touchdowns just on the ground. So 
I think, you know, I think they make a really good tandem together. I think you have the big beast in Freeman, and I think you have the lightning in, in Philip Lindsay. So I think this is probably what we're going to see out of this backfield. Maybe not necessarily 50-50, but I think you see Freeman with the lead touches and Lindsay getting maybe 35-40%. I mean, is there something we can learn here, Nathan, to pick up a guy like Philip Lindsay in the future? Because this is when I see something like this come out of left field, I'm like, how did I miss this? How did the whole community miss this? How can I be better moving forward? I I think that it's just a matter of reading the tea leaves and training camp. And for every Philip Lindsay, there's about seven guys who are the same profile, the same type of backup guy who doesn't even make the team. So I I think that, yes, you can say, oh, well, this is why I liked Philip Lindsay and it worked out. I I think that there's so many circumstances of the same exact scenario going down where it doesn't work out that I'm not going to go out and I think that chasing the Philip Blinsies of the world is not going to end up a fruitful venture for you. Uh, but for me, I, what I do see here is that, um, you know, it was a solid game for Royce Freeman. And I, obviously, you see they have the same stat line. But I do think that he's the more likely to get the, the carries long-term because of the draft capital investment. And I think right. he's just a better running back. But um, I, I think Lindsey, he's one of those guys that, like, he's the, he's now, like, the 24th guy in your 25-man uh, roster or something like that. But – Nothing really more than that for me. I mean, Philip Lindsay strikes me as the guy I'll – because he's available in a lot of waivers, uh, maybe most waivers, I would say, even in deep dynasty leagues. Um, he's the guy that I feel like you'd go out and you'd dump a bunch of fab into. Um, he could be the C.J. Anderson. And actually, maybe it's just the John Elway thing. Um, but, yeah, he's like, he could be the C.J. Anderson of this year where, like, he had a little bit of hype in camp and then just comes out, you know, with a very, very clear role early on. Yeah, it's, it's very possible, I think. I think as the the NFL um, grows and progresses and figures more and more and more and more out, we're going to see a lot more not necessarily committees, but a lot more uh, scat back types kind of returning to the NFL. I think um, I think we're in the midst of that. And a, another reason a lot of people probably missed on Philip Lindsay is the fact that he's 24, and with how age oriented this dynasty community is, um, and obviously being undrafted. It's a, uh, well, he's old. He's not drafted. No one cares. Um, but Dan, yeah. Dan, I can promise you that 99% of the industry had no idea what Philip Lindsay's age was until you just said it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, very, it's very possible. But anyone that deep dives, anyone that's like thoroughly digging to try to find these gems. Um, like Nathan not, for Tyreek Hill is what you're saying? Is yeah, that what you're it's, it's that kind of thing. You know, the Tariq Cohens, the, you know, Tyreek Hills. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that kind of, it's that kind of thing. So, uh, I think he stays moderately relevant, but I don't think he's necessarily startable, even remotely startable week to week. I think he's a good best ball type asset. I think he'll have some splash games, um, especially if that team falls behind. Yes, they're going to more look to Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas, but I think I think Lindsey can can help spell Freeman a little bit there. Yeah, I, I completely agree. All right. Well, let me tell you guys about our sponsor before we move on. And that this week we're sponsored by RotoQL, as I mentioned at the top of the show. So do you want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league? Well, then you can look no further and download SquadQL. Now that we're in the season, it's the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. RotoQL recommends the best starting lineups for you each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agency pool. Probably would recommend Philip Lindsay right about now. Uh, you may ask, how do I get SquadQL actually? to actually do this. Uh, The app connects directly with Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual rosters, uh, your league scoring system. RotoQL provides waiver and trade recommendations. It's a trade cast, so 
maybe it's GuardQL can help you out. Plus, the app gives you player rankings each week, and it and it's all based in your league settings. So SquadQL truly is your go-to app for fantasy football this season. Head to SquadQL.com to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy football manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. Uh, you can also download RotoQL for free anywhere you can find Apple or Android apps. Okay, moving on. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, – I, I feel like this is just a Nathan topic, so I'll just throw to you, Nathan, real quick. Yes, it's just a Nathan topic to talk about the team that scored 48 points on Sunday. <laughs> you're, talking about, you're talking about the Ravens? They scored 47, but that's close. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I mean, it, it's not like we were saying they had a bat. They had bad weapons in the season. But th- those wide receivers and O.J. Howard were absolutely ridiculous. Uh, they, they turned Ryan Fitzpatrick into the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, so Certainly better than Jameis Winston. Certainly, certainly. So, Dan, I'll, I'll go to you, our resident Jameis Winston hater. Uh, how much is he going to ruin this offense in a couple weeks? Uh, thoroughly. He, it's just, yeah, uh, I honestly didn't think this, well, l- let me rephrase. I, I shouldn't say I didn't think they had it in them. I think, I think the, like you said, the receivers were the heart and soul of this team. And I think that they were going to probably make anyone look pretty good. Um, but I didn't see that happening. That was, that was absurd. Uh, Deshaun Jackson hasn't lost a step. He still looks incredible. Um, Mike Evans, Apparently figured out how to play football this week. Uh, oh, come and on. Chris Godwin remains pretty good. <sighs> but yeah, Jameis Winston's going to going to yeah, he's gonna wreck everything. Um and also side note, maybe New Orleans is trash yeah. other than their offense. <laughs> can we can we talk about that for a second? Is this is this maybe what happened? Is maybe the New Orleans defense just literally the worst? Is that is that possibly what's happening here? They look I mean, past, it's, it's, they look it's, to week two. So it's, it's clearly a combination of, of the two. <laughs> I think the Saints off, uh, defense is very bad and the Bucks offense is going to look very good. Uh, I'm hoping James doesn't ruin it uh, like Dan thinks he will, but uh I guess the one other Buc- Buccaneers note, um, how worried are we about Mr. Ronald Jones, Eric Rick, first off? Man, he was inactive. Um, wow. Uh, he was a healthy scratch. I mean, pretty worried. I'm not going to lie. This has just Bishop Sankey written all over it. <laughs> um, wow. Um, yeah, it's. I'm not going to lie. My, I'm at like DEFCOM 3 right now. I'm a little worried is what I'll say. I am uh, – I, and I have him on a couple of teams. Again, that Kitchen Cinco League where I'm like, Ronald Jones is definitely going to start. And I'm like sitting around like in June pumped up. And now I'm here like he's not even on the field or in the game. He didn't even travel with the team. Great. I'd be worried if Peyton Barber looked remotely decent. I think he, had like, two, he had like two okay plays where he looked like he might be a capable running back. And the rest of the game, he was just straight up trash. Um so I'm not worried about Ronald Jones. Yes, the inactive thing, whatever. He's a rookie. Uh, maybe he's just not quite getting it yet. Maybe it's bust potential, but we we need to give it a little bit of time. I'm I'm not honestly not flustered. Um, but yeah, Peyton Barber did not look good, other than like the one like 25 yard run he had or whatever it was. I mean, the um, good thing about Barber, which we knew, is he got fed the football. He had 19 carries. So if he keeps getting that, he'll continue to be a flex option. I mean, he's probably at his floor with 20 carries at 70 yards. Like, that's 
that's a pretty bad week. Uh, all things. Considered. I mean, I mean, that's his floor, but it's also like basically his ceiling. Like that's, throwing, that's his ceiling. Throwing, throwing a touchdown, and that's his ceiling. So. Yeah, a one, I mean, yard, a one yard fallen. I mean, for God's sakes, Ryan Fitzpatrick had twelve carries for like forty yards. So I, I'm with you. <laughs> and and here's something I didn't think I would be saying week one is Ryan Fitzpatrick had more yards than Ronald Jones. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I think we could have all guessed that. Um, <sighs> well, but, now we could have, but not not during draft season. Draft season, he was he was on fire. 105, 104, on fire. Ronald you do Jones. need to be a little bit careful with this Tampa Bay offense and, and going too crazy because they were literally about as efficient as you could be. Uh, I think each of the top four pass catchers all had like they were like 100% catch percentage um Evans was seven for seven Jackson was five for five OJ Howard was two for two Godwin was three for four uh Jacquez Rogers was one for one you know they only threw it 28 times so I'm not not going super crazy they were out of their mind efficient um and their top three so Evans Jackson and Howard all had uh catch averages over 20 yards so there's that yeah, it's pretty. I mean, yeah, this was this was clearly the one of the. I don't know though. Maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick. Maybe it's just every other year Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> is good. Maybe it's just like he only comes out to play every now and then. Um, but yeah, that was that was it was fun to watch. And I believe the Millionaire Maker on DraftKings had a uh, had him just right up yeah, there at the top. It was, it was a Fitz Evans Djax stack. It was yeah, that stack was that was insane. Somebody somebody was just trashed the night before. You're like, you know what? This game's gonna be it. Just like I'm gonna that stack was... against the Saints. <laughs> but, but also, his, his, his username was Chalk. Uh, it's pretty good. That's, That's pretty awesome. good. Congrats, yeah, congrats, to I want a million dollars, but uh, sadly, I don't have any. Um, <laughs> don't have any one million dollars. Okay, let's then back up and talk about this from a dynasty perspective. So I think we all still stand by the fact of Peyton Barber isn't a thing that's going to happen, doesn't look good. If you can get any real value for him, now's the time. Get out. Um, I think we had advocated a second. Anybody want to go walk that back? No. <laughs> what was that poll? Do we remember where that finished? It was, it was 212 and like the – Peyton Barber won like 80 to 20. Yikes. Give yes. me that 212 er day. Right. Well, again, I, I managed to get out for a second. Cool with it. I'm super happy with 100%. it. I'm super fine with it. Um, and and that's fine. Uh, redra- or in redraft, maybe he's worth something in, in Dynasty uh, by Felicia. Okay, <laughs> then let's talk about other players that have value. Um, probably the most specific ones are Chris Godwin and O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard's value started to fall a bit. Chris Godwin's value started to fall a bit, but he got sexy in the offseason. Uh, valuations that you're going to give for those particular players right now? I would say I would say OJ is pretty much where he was at at a late first. And, I mean, maybe some people wouldn't, wouldn't even have him that high, but I, I would. And then Godwin probably sneaks up to, like, the – I mean, this is getting more specific, but, like, 107, 108 range. I, I think that people are getting excited about him. I what mean, was he before, Nathan? But late like first. before last week, like yeah. late, late first, like one ten to two hundred one range. Um, but the one thing, I mean, this some of the hot take artists on on the Twitter sphere uh, were having Chris Godwin greater than greater than Mike Evans tweets, and I like jokingly trolled them because Mike Evans was going off, and like the fans of those trolls were like, "Yeah, but Chris Godwin's better than Mike Evans," and I was like, "Just shut up." <laughs> it's like how my buddy always tells me that he's better at golf than me and i just shoot better is what he always says yeah oh, i mean that makes sense 
Makes total sense. Okay, um, that's interesting. Godwin, as I mean, I think I agree with the valuations. OJ Howard, it was good to see him catch some footballs because there was a, a concern about him being more of a blocking piece than uh, catching one. And Cameron Brait, goose egg, baby. Yeah, yeah he honestly, more so than Howard's production, the goose egg on Brait's part is very promising for Howard. Well, yeah. and can we just talk about that, that Brait's – boyfriend is in fact Jameis Winston. So just give it time, guys. Give it time. Well you need that you need him back in, in the huddle. So you got you got a couple of weeks yet before you see um the crab man himself return. Yeah what are you uh, thinking like week week three next year? <laughs> if hey if this offense keeps rolling like this, they can't pull Fitzpatrick. They can't. <laughs> uh, that's the joke. Okay, let's move on. Uh going into the Chargers game, uh Gordon and Eckler both Basically in a split, I think I think Eckler ended up with uh, well. First off, Gordon looked fantastic in his own, um, and Eckler looked to have a very clear role here, which I think we knew he would have kind of like a scat back role. I don't think I did not see Eckler having the role that he did though. So what do we make of this? I mean, I think Gordon is solidified as an RB one in Dynasty. Is where do we put Eckler? What do we do with him? I think he's purely a matchup play. I think that in the games where you're projecting uh, Los Angeles to score 24, 28 points, I think he's a great play and a guy who's likely to you know get get you know a few touchdowns throughout the year and also just be that PPR option like six catches for forty yards and that's a ten point game for you right there. So I, I think that you know you kind of just got to look at the matchups and if it's a game that you don't think the Chargers are going to score a lot, maybe fade him and, and go for another flex option. But in those high scoring games, Eckler will definitely be a really good option. Well, what's, yeah, he, what's the valuation you're putting on Eckler, Nathan, right now? Uh, he, I, was, he was worth nothing. Like, I don't know, nothing's I mean, right he, no, he, worth, he was worth He was worth nothing. Uh, and I, I don't think that you can get a second for him. So, I mean, I, he's one of those players that is, uh, you know, worth less than a second, worth more than a third. And no one's I think really you can get – I'm going to put my foot down here. I think you can get a second for him. All I'm right. On Twitter right just, now. We already knew where this was going. Put the poll up on <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> Second or Austin Eckler. The the issue here is is I mean this is again probably a ceiling play. You have ten touches for like a buck twenty or yep. whatever it happens to be, and a touchdown. So you're going to need the touchdown, and ten touches isn't sustainable for Austin Eckler unless something happens with Melvin Gordon. Um, so if you can foresee the future and understand how injuries work, great, good for you. Uh, maybe start writing some memoirs or something about memoirs? how you realize that. <laughs> what are you but, talking about? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, obviously, clear, clear. Gordon is an RB one. Um, dominated touches. He had nine catches, guys. That's if anything, hey, I would have thought remember, that Eckler would have had more. Remember when he couldn't catch at Wisconsin? Remember that? Remember? I remember. Pepperidge Farm. Pepperidge oh, Farm. Also remembers. You got me. You sniped, you sniped me on the Pepperidge Farm reference. Dang. <laughs> it was close. Um, but yeah, like like Nathan said, it's going to be, for Eckler, it's definitely going to be a matchup play. You're going to need uh, kind of a higher scoring game or uh, maybe one where the, uh, the the script works in a passing down favor because that's kind of where Eckler has his real value as a pass catcher because he is a pretty good pass catcher. I'm not going to take that away from him. Uh, he's not entirely doo-doo. So um, he, he does have a little bit of value there. Certified uh, not doo doo from Dan. <laughs> I just think in an in a in a, an entire nutshell, I think you have to kind of prop up this Chargers team uh, a little bit more than maybe we were giving them credit for. I think all around they're just really solid. Uh, Philip Rivers led. They have a good rushing attack, and then obviously Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon in the passing game. 
looks like Mike Williams might not be a dead body. Um, so they, I think, yeah, I think prop up Los Angeles chargers, which is still weird to say, um, a little bit. And I think you can maybe even bundle Eckler in there a little bit. I think that that poll might come back in favor of, a, of uh, Eckler over a random second or a late second, whatever you, you posted, because he might have some value now if this team is going to keep scoring points like this and continue to just kind of be randomly bad and not win games. I mean, what I'll, what I'll throw out is PPR is super important with Eckler. And maybe it's sure. an obvious yeah, thing. If you are playing in a standard league or even a half-point PPR, like Eckler's not your guy. Don't go don't go out and buy Eckler for a second. Um, but, yeah, just the update. We're at 40-60 right now uh, towards, towards the random second is what I put up. So um, it's coming. It's coming. It's going to be 40-60 by the end of this, which is pretty ludicrous, all things considered, Nathan. All right. Uh, just one thing before we wrap this one up. Uh, Dan, because I feel like Eric kind of pushed back on, on the trade value of Eckler prior to the season starting. I, I'm right that he didn't have value two days ago, right? Oh, zero. Yeah, I mean, he was he was stashed on Gordon Owner's t- teams as, you know, a contingency plan or maybe some savvy guys that were like, hey, I'm going to have this guy or guys that went zero RB because this is the fruits that you see. Um, but yeah, he didn't have any value. You couldn't have You couldn't have been like, hey, somebody want Eckler for a third? No one was biting on that. And to be fair, I'm not sure I was put. It was I was actually more questioning it because I don't own Eckler and haven't tried to buy him anywhere. So maybe sounded like pushing back. That actually was me being legitimately clueless as to Eckler's valuation. All right, another player who uh, people have been clueless on his evaluation, uh, his valuation for the last few years. That's a transition. Nice, Nathan. Good work. Oh yeah, Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb. He's had some ups and downs throughout his career, and uh, this past week was definitely an up as he helped uh, get that comeback uh, on the Bears and the winning touchdown. So, Can we just real quick, before we get into Cobb, talk about how flipping insane that was? I almost turned the game off. Dynasty Frank did turn the game off. Hi, Dynasty (laughs) Frank's mom. I know you're trying to save electricity, but he did. He woke up this morning. I saw his tweet of, like, what happened? Well, they gave him the game when when that – was it Fuller dropped that – like, the easiest – like – any of the three of us would have made that play. Hokey. Bad. That was horrible. Virginia Tech Hokey right there. Gifted. The second he dropped that, it was it was over. That like Rodgers was making something happen once he dropped that because that was a, such a terrible play. Yeah, that's yeah, terrifying. Ro- Darren Rodgers is terrifying. Sorry, <laughs> let's go on to Cobb. All right. My, my, my take on Cobb here is that the last few years, it's been a combination of him having injury issues, and then when he's been healthy, it's been Rodgers with the injury issues. If they both can be healthy and stay on the field at the same time, I think this results in Randall Cobb having a wide receiver two season. In which case, will be a, he'll be a huge value from his dynasty value this past offseason and as well as redraft. I think I got him like the tenth or eleventh round in a redraft in my home redraft. Not that anyone cares about fantasy, league. but uh, with, with Cobb, <laughs> I think that I, with, with with Cobb he has he has to stay healthy, obviously. But I think that if him and Rodgers are healthy, he ends up being a huge value. I, I think the biggest. That. I think the biggest takeaway is that Ryan McDowell isn't going to be able to wear sweatpants or basketball shorts for an entire NFL season. <laughs> <laughs> that, okay. I, that 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 mental imagery is not okay. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there, and I'm pretty sure Ryan would not appreciate it. <laughs> oh, he's appreciating every bit of that. It's all that, wholesome, uh, gentlemen. That's a wholesome game. gentleman. Oh man, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I I I, I, t- I agree with everything Nathan said. If, if they can put it together. I mean, because you saw how not 
valuable he was with Kaiser as his quarterback. So you even got a preview of like Nathan's take happening in real time. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree, but this is, I mean, it's not to be expected that Cobb is going to be the guy that blows up every week. I mean, I don't think Cobb's an indictment on Devontae Adams' value. I think Devontae Adams is still insanely valuable. I just think that they're going to be sharing the torch a bit. Well, yeah, I mean, he let's let's not get that twist. He still had like a 19-point game in PPR. So I, I don't think that's that's the in play at all. I think they're going to have similar target share uh, for at least a little while. Uh, maybe maybe Adams separates as uh, we'll see what happens with Rodgers. Well, who knows how healthy he is. Um, but you know, Cobb's Cobb's not going to have 75 yard touchdown catches every game. That's, we know that. Um, yeah, yes, so, correct. Yeah. So, so, you know, the big blow up games are going to happen when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback and you're in an offense like that, they're, they're going to be there, but they're going to be there for all those guys. No one here would have guessed that Geronimo Allison would have had five for 70 in a touchdown. Um, that's, you know, it's going to happen for all of these guys because that's the offense. What we could have predicted was that Jimmy Graham was going to be doo-doo. So I'm going to take a victory yeah. lap on that one. I believe all three of us, again, can go ahead and hop on that train and one take, game our victory victory, lap. take our victory choo-choo lap. So <laughs> on that note, I think we are done for this week's uh, Dynasty Tradecast. Uh, go ahead and apologize for not touching on the Jets game, um, Jets-Detroit game, or Rams-Oakland game. Uh, we are recording literally during this so we can get this to you as quickly as possible to break down the Sunday stuff so you can get in there, make your trades before others have figured it out. So um, enjoy that. We'll be continuing this format throughout the rest of the regular season where we are recording during Monday nights and we're releasing on Monday nights. So if you want to listen to the pod before you go to bed, if you literally the NFL week one is over and you want more, you want the first commentary on it, it's going to be us, baby. It's going to be us. Uh, so, uh, anything else to wrap up the show here, guys, any takeaways or things that you want to tell the listeners before we go ahead and wrap up and don't say Kadoosh, Nathan, the lions might be doo-doo and the jets might not be. Yeah. We've seen Matt Stafford throw at least six picks at this point. <laughs> and now Matt castles in an NFL football game. So we uh, got issues. Okay. Well that, I didn't even know that I'm not actually watching the game, but, uh, uh, that was before the podcast started, actually. Fun fact, at Throne 7. So, uh, yeah, it's going down for real. Okay, now Nathan, Kadoosh. Kadoosh. All right, we're out of here. We'll catch up with you guys next week. Enjoy week two.